Hello, this is Brandon from Motivational Speech Podcast. I have a great gift for you. I'm sharing some of the highly valuable life-changing free audiobooks. You can find the audiobooks link in the description. These audiobooks can change your life. So don't waste them. My back is up against this one. Every day, it's against this wall. And when my back is against this mother, then there's nowhere to go. But that way, that's it. And I don't give a who is in front of me. They're not gonna stop me. When yeah. we were 14 years old, we lived in Hawaii. My mom and I came home and, and there was an eviction notice. My mom started crying and I never forgot in that moment. It was a seminal moment for me because I felt like I never wanna be in this position again. I, I had a dream uh, and that dream was to play professional football. The dream didn't come true. I had to work up in Canada, the Canadian Football League. When I was cut from there, I had, uh, my dad had to come pick me up and I'll never forget we were on I-75 and I'm 23 years old and I said, I wonder how much money I have and I took out my wallet. I had uh, a five, a one and some change and at least I rounded up, I'm optimistic. <laughs> so I thought, oh, I have seven bucks. But I thought, God, ain't this a, I got seven bucks in my pocket. Where the f do I go now? What do I do? I can't go back to the CFL, because I, or, you know, the point comes where you hear that voice, big run's over. At some point, you gotta be tired of not being number one. You have to be, and you gotta play angry, and I play angry. Now, I'm cool and calm with my approach, and when I step out on my field, which is a set, there's some, and you're always gonna have haters, and haters are like, well, man, how many movies are you gonna make, or how much are you gonna do? Like, you do a lot of And not only that, but in what world do we not work every day? You gotta work every day. Well, you know, I, I, I read that your father, you used to watch him in training, and he would say, if I'm gonna get up at 6 a.m., you're gonna get up at 6 a.m. So, what do you think you got the most from him? It was definitely my work ethic. My dad was a man who, against the odds, made it. And, um, but he would get up at usually 5, 5.30 in the morning, and he would say, if I get up, you're gonna get up too. I'm five years old, and he would drag me to the gym. Yes. And I, would just, I wouldn't work out, but he would just make sure that I was there and be with him, and that was our time that we could spend together. And, um, but I would say my work ethic from my dad, my dad always said too that <clears throat> regardless of what you do in life and where you go, respect is gonna be given when it's earned, and you have to go out and earn it every single day. So when I first started wrestling, I was six years old, rolling on the mats with my dad. Um, but before the wrestling part happened, uh, I was just in the gym putting in the work. At six years old, rolling around on the mats. And finally, when I could touch weights at 13, that's what I was doing. But the weight part for me, and the gym part, getting up at four o'clock in the morning every day before anybody else, and grounding my thought process is in the, no one will outwork me. No one has, has always been the anchor. It allows me to keep everything grounded. You call this your anchor and where you actually, you find solitude. I do, yes. The gym for me and this physical activity for me is my anchor and I always, you know, I would recommend that for all of you guys in the room is for us to find that anchor, whether it's hiking or biking or yoga or meditation or whatever it is. Because for me, the gym or just some sort of physical activity, it anchors my day and then it allows me to go on and work. Uh, for the rest of the day. So it is, it is a spiritual practice for you. Well, it's way more than just physicality. 
Yes. It's way more than just picking up a weight. It's just, it is my balance. It's my anchor. It's my spiritual anchor, mental, because what it allows me to do, it's the only time for me that, and we all need this because this treadmill of life, there's no stop button. So it's so crazy. Um, it just allows me to block out the noise and clear my head, think about what I need to do or accomplish or think about the things I need to accomplish without the influx of information and people trying to tug at me and Absolutely. pull at me. People who've been knocked down sometimes in life, everybody, you know, not in a ring, but have had those moments where you didn't feel the rest of the world saw you for who you needed to be. How were you able to turn that around? So when I first started wrestling, the idea was, well, why don't you call yourself Rocky Maivia? I hated the name. The powers that be said, nope, that's your name. I was also told, well, when you go out and you wrestle, you have to smile. You have, I want you to smile big. And I thought, well, what if I lose? Nope. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Still got to smile. And yeah. it just didn't feel right. That didn't yeah. sit right with me. So a few months later, um, the company made me the intercontinental champion. And then a month later, we go into the annual biggest event. It's like the Super Bowl of wrestling, WrestleMania. And it was WrestleMania 13. By the time I got to Chicago, 16,000 people, 16,000 people were chanting Rocky sucks. I was, I remember laying there in, in the ring and the referee said to me, don't listen to him. And it was crippling for me. So then at that time, <clears throat> the powers that be thought, this isn't gonna work. And for whatever reason, people are not liking you and they're not connecting with you. And so in that moment, I, it was very defining because I asked then if I could just be myself. And if I could go out there and if I can speak to the crowd and if I could just be myself and be authentic and if I don't want to smile, I don't smile. If I want to laugh, I laugh. If I want to sing, I sing. Whatever it is, I just want to be me. Can I have that for one minute of live TV time? Powers of B at that time, Vince McMahon said, you got it. So on Raw, live TV, I grabbed a microphone and I said, uh, I may be a lot of things, but socks isn't one of them. I guess the moral of the story is the importance and the power of finding your identity and being true to who you are. Even in that wild world of pro wrestling, it still applies to everyone in the room and how powerful that could be because it was a true shift and click moment. And I never looked back and I became, fortunately, the biggest draw that the business has ever seen. Wow. And didn't, isn't that the moment Really, that particular moment, the you suck moment, turned into the moment of you becoming the rock and no longer Rocky. Yeah. Yes, so that's when it was Rocky My V and I said, you know what, I'm not gonna be called that. We're gonna shorten it, I'll be called the rock. Something you said there really stuck with me, that the most powerful thing you can ever do is to be yourself. Be yourself. Yeah, that moment that you yes. learned to be authentic is when everything changed. I do, I believe it's the most powerful thing that we could be. For, for example, when I got to Hollywood, the very first time I got to Hollywood in the early 2000s, I was told, again, well, if you want to be a star, maybe you shouldn't talk about wrestling, maybe you shouldn't go to the gym as much, 
Um, maybe you shouldn't raise your silly eyebrow. And, you know, there was a lot of things like that. And when you don't know, you buy into it. Okay, so I, again, I went through that entire process for years trying to figure out who I was. And then when you look back on my earlier career, the films I was doing, they were good, but just not like, oh, that's how I like to see him because he is his true authentic self. This time when I felt like, okay, I, I really need to make a change in my career. I need to be me and I want to have the kind of career that is a global career. And I said, I, I'm not quite too sure how we're going to do it, but I need you to buy into the vision with me and I'm willing to put in the work of my own two hands. They said, what do you want to accomplish? I said, I want to accomplish the world. I want the world and I want, I want Will Smith's career. I want to do it bigger and better. Because they even said to me, well, how do you do it better than him? This was in 2006. I said, I don't know, but I do believe there's a better way to do it and a different way to do it. And they looked at me like I had three heads, and they, but I still stayed focused. And I still had these, still put in the hard work with my two hands. And then eventually I'd left them and, um, and then decided, you know what? My name is The Rock and I come from the world of professional wrestling and I look the way I look and I talk the way I talk and I love to work out. And you know what? This is who I'm gonna be. And here we go. It's working for you. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> so it's even working. now with all of the success you stay, you still see every opportunity as kind of a, a crack in the wall. Tell, tell us what that means for you. I do. So what that means is I still see every opportunity that I have as like a little crack in the wall, a little scratch. And I, it, it's almost as if like a scratch represents every opportunity. Therefore, the success on the other side of the scratch is the light. Scratching hard, clawing, digging, it's that mentality to really take advantage of every opportunity I have. <clears throat> My last match in WWE, I wrestled John Cena, and I went in, I think it was 2013, and uh, we went in MetLife Stadium, had a record-breaking attendance, we accomplished our goal. So I wrestled with John Cena, we had 45 minutes planned for the match. At the 15-minute mark, bang! I feel something pop, I'm like, boom, what the f I'm laying there, and both of us are out. And I said, oh, something's going on. The referee comes over and he's like, Rocky, all right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get up, I go to step, and I, I can't step. So now in that moment, you're in the game and you're in the thick of things, and you gotta make a decision. What do I gotta do? Now I got 30 minutes left of this match, and I have one moment. In this moment, it was a defining moment. I could either tell him, no, nope. I'm done. He gives the signal, match is over. Or, let's keep going. We had this decision. I said, no, nope, let's keep going. I said, how much time is up? He's like, 32 minutes. Okay. Rest of the whole match, getting scared because I'm thinking, man, well, what happens if I'm gonna lose my leg or something like this, if I've just done something to my artery? Now, luckily, the match is over. He pins me, one, two, three. Rushed home to my doctor's down in Florida and uh, get an MRI, find out that I have completely torn my adductor, the top of my, my adductor and my top of my quad off my pelvis. What I was proud of was to walk out on my own, but not only that, but in this moment where the odds are against you, people are watching, the team's depending on you, you either say I'm done or this whatever the is going on, it's temporary and it may me up at some point down the road but I'm not gonna let this opportunity go by without giving it my all. Really, the two things I wanna say are, you gotta be the hardest workers in the room. And 
don't the opportunity up. As you guys know, there's nothing you can't accomplish. Remember where you came from, keep that in the front of your mind, and when it goes bad and it goes sideways, a lot of does, you gotta, you gotta keep it in here. And it really has to, it should drive you, it should. It works for me, it should drive you. Hello, this is Brandon from Motivational Speech Podcast. I have a great gift for you. I'm sharing some of the highly valuable life-changing free audiobooks. You can find the audiobooks link in the description. These audiobooks can change your life. So don't waste them.